Welcome back to another episode of the Balcony Chatter Podcast. I am your host, Andrew McKenney, with my co-host, Tim Taylor. And I know I said that we were going to do a fan question episode and talk about the offseason and talk about predictions. And we are going to do that, but I think that we're going to change it up a little bit and not do that this week. Uh, I think if you're up for it, Tim, seeing as it is a a couple days after the 10-year anniversary of um, the 2011 Stanley Cup win, Boston Bruins, I thought we would talk about the run that they had and winning the Cup and the last bit of happiness that I've had in my life. (laughs) Sure, that sounds good to me. (laughs) A little bit of positivity. I think it's still going to find a way to leave a bit of a bad taste in our mouths, but... Yeah, it's crazy. It's I'm been gonna 10 try years. to I'm gonna try to commit to being positive because this was like I said. I mean, this was kind of a huge moment in Bruins history, and and it was a huge moment for being a fan of the team for so long, and of course wanting to see a cup win in your lifetime, and and the team that you love finally getting it done. So I think that there's a lot to talk about, and I think the way to start it out here that I want to start it out is asking you. Do you remember, like, where, I don't want to say where you were, like, I don't want to treat it like it was 9-11 or something, but right. do you remember? Well, like, I mean, that's a, you can say that for non-tragedies as well, I believe, even though tragedies tend to stick out more nowadays. I think you can yeah. use that. I think it's safe to use that, yeah. Well, do you remember, like, what where you were watching the game, or, like, were you around a bunch of friends, and what, what was the deal? Uh, yeah, I believe I was, that summer I was living in Weymouth, Massachusetts. Shout out to the South Shore. Right. Um, down in Weymouth, watching the game, looking like it's going to be a thing. At this age, I'm... How old am I there? 10 years ago. 20. 10 years ago. So Ish. I'm 19, 20. Yeah, so I, I, was, I couldn't watch at a bar or anything. So I'm watching, drinking at my apartment in Weymouth. And uh, it's looking good. And we hop the train from Braintree or, or like Quincy Center all the way into like government center and then i believe i met up with you yeah at haymarket by by way of weymouth and then uh yeah we just we were there for the absolute mayhem at haymarket uh which was the celebration after we we raised lord stanley i I don't remember that was one where that was a year where i mean that was the year that's the bruins cup final i've I've seen, but I, you know, I didn't watch them raise the cup. I got on the train to get close to the to the garden. That's what I remember. Yeah, yeah. I went into the city to watch the game, and I kind of did the same thing. It wasn't really like I, I don't want to say it was bar hopping, but it sort of was because it was like hopping to bars and watching it from the windows and watching it outside. And like to be honest, with how busy it was, we were looking for anywhere to find a TV in the city that was like going to let us in and all that. And so I watched, like, an entire period in Subway. No way. Like, yeah, there they was, like, a, a random Subway near – no, it was, like, um, near the Commons. So there's, like, a Subway over there, and we went in, and there were there was a TV playing the game. And they were prepping for either which way, good or bad. There was, like, a million motorcycle, like, cop motorcycles and, and all this stuff everywhere just preparing for the worst or the best. Um, And, yeah, I mean, like I said, we were kind of bouncing around to try to find a good place to watch it, and I remember that specifically. Like, 
kind of squatting in there for a bit to watch a whole period of the game before moving on to somewhere else and, you know, inevitably ending up outside the garden where all the chaos was after the game, too. Yeah, which was so fun. And Oh, yeah. From what I recall, at least from what we saw, pretty well behaved. Um, I mean, by that point, the uh, the Boston Police Department was pretty seasoned. <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> I was going to say. Deal, that. I mean, it deal wasn't their situations. first win. No. Yeah. No, and in fact, it it only got worse from there after the bombing, too, because I remember being at the World Series Decider for 2013 and coming out to uh, what I like to refer to as a neon SWAT or a neon army. <laughs> they yeah. all had, like, fully automatic assault rifles. So, yeah. It's like, whoa, hey, guys, how about that well, W? It's funny that you say that because I, I was thinking, I thought about that a lot in the last, you know, this is going to sound very... uh as a sports fan, this is going to sound very privileged, but at the last few parades that I went to, it it felt like it was just a thing. Like, it was just a thing, right? So they have everything figured out, and they know how to do it, and they get people in and out of there as quick as possible, and it's all, like, down to a science at this point. So, I mean, the celebrations are, are no different. It's all It's all the same. They know how to do it and, you know, make it civil and all that. So, yeah. Wow. But anyways, I, I think that this team, I'm going to come out and say it right now. And I think I'm, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. I don't know if I said it to you, but this 2011 Bruins team is the best Bruins team that you and I are ever going to see in our lifetime. And w- the, what I mean by that is <coughs> the collection of the team and how much, how much they wanted it, how much they wanted to do it for the fans, how much they wanted to do it for each other. I mean, everybody, you look up and down that lineup, everybody is a name that you remember <coughs> and that was so important to winning that cup that I don't think that, you know, not to take anything away from any of the players that were on 2013, 2019, but there was something special about that 2011 team that I don't think can be replicated, especially in the way that the NHL is trending. Right. So I, I mean, it was it's it's a very special team when you look at it and you watch all of the, the, the highlights and the documentary things that they're doing and the podcasts that that they're doing as well. It's it's all it's always like a cool thing to hear and hear from those players and how much they all wanted it and how much they all wanted it for the team and and everyone else too. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was something else to watch. Um. And just remembering the shakeups that we did in, like through the, the the line changes that we did through the, uh, through the cup, um, just with people going down and coming back right. and all sorts of stuff, just like pretty pretty incredible to speak to the chemistry of this team, where you had some guys not really having played together throughout the entire season, stepping up big and you know bringing it home. And you know what's also interesting about that team is like you had certain players that really did so much. So the, the like Horton scoring in game seven against Montreal and also taking the reins on a lot of plays throughout the, the finals and, or I mean, throughout the, the whole entire cup run and doing so much, you would have thought that he was going to be the number one guy. But then you also had guys like Krejci who were doing it all. And you had, Obviously, Tim Thomas, who without him, we wouldn't have won the cup in the first place. There were so many guys that played such huge roles that 
it wasn't it wasn't just one player that got you all the way there and I mean I know that that's not really how a lot of cups are won anyway but with how much like success certain players had there were so many others that had just as much and and really contributed to the team as well yeah uh I <clears throat> I I loved this team so much um I remember my least favorite guy on the team who was that <laughs> Michael Ryder. <laughs> oh man, but but why? He just he just kind of drove me nuts. I don't know this lack of consistency. That or Blake, but I think that was before I hated Blake. Well, he wasn't. Was he? No, he wasn't on that. He wasn't on the team when they won, right? Blake Wheeler is that? Yeah, ten eleven. According to what I, I have in front of me. Yeah, I I don't. Well, it, he could have been, but he may not have been there for when they actually won the cup. Yeah, like he, he was, wasn't on. He the, might have been traded. Yeah, so I got to go back to to the the Michael Ryder thing. I how can you hate him after that glove save? No, I mean he won me over for a moment, but <laughs> I just I'm talking about the year going into it. I just remember. Th- listen, you can't. I don't hate him. I just said he was my least favorite. You know, okay. it's like that's, that's like fair. a that's fair. That's a pretty good bottom. <laughs> As a fan of writers, he drove me nuts. But like that's what I'm saying. He was the bottom of a pretty deep and beloved roster for me. Yeah, I forget that this was this was a time when uh, Patrice and Brad were the second line, uh, and this was only like Martians. This was really his first full year on the team. I mean, he right. he. Um, only played at something like 20 games the year before it wasn't really anything major so and i remember being at one of them one of the first ones uh against the atlanta thrashers in 2010 oh man um, marshawn being a little frustrating then and just seeming like a little bit of a jackass and here he is now <laughs> <laughs> now and lo and behold he's He's still that a, way. He's got a yeah, he's got a lot left in the tank and now he's a hall of famer who's a jackass so uh well, yeah. you know we'll see uh, hey, and anybody, any naysayers to that? Go fight the spit and chicklets, guys. I'm just, I'm just quoting them on that. They say he's already a Hall of Famer, so I think the, I think the resume's there. I, I agree with that, and it's not, you know, it's not because I'm just agreeing with spit and chicklets. I think that if you look at his resume and what he's done, not just in the NHL, but in, in playing for Team Canada and stuff like that, he's really proved that he's more than, I, you know, unfortunately. He doesn't enjoy it, but affectionately being called a rat. So, yeah, he he's more than just that type of player. So, who's your uh, who's your favorite player on this team? Maybe 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 to say who's not on the team currently. That's not on the team currently. I, I mean, you ha- I. It's a toss up for me. I got two, and it's it's between. Because he's not on the team currently, I don't know if this is cheating, but it's between Chara, of course. Yep. And Ferentz. Yeah. I knew Ferentz was going to be one of the two for you. I, I think that knowing knowing this team, it's really hard to choose because think about the players that aren't on this team and try to pick a favorite. So Milan Lucic, Ferentz, Boychuk, uh, Tim Thomas. I was a big Nathan Horton fan, even though. Horton, you know, he's Chara, like Seidenberg. The list just goes on with players who could easily make a case for being a favorite player of of any of those any fan in Boston because of how hard they played, 
and how much they gave to that run, how much they gave to the team. I mean, nobody on the nobody on this 2011 team was a passenger. You know, like everybody right. was contributing. Think about Sean Thornton. Even their fourth line was even so hard to play against. Yeah, it was you know, obnoxious. So, yeah, yeah, they they were such a deep team without even really trying to be you know like they just went out there and played their game and it's not a game that can be played now if you watch you know if you watched all of the highlights and if you were to watch every game leading through from the first round to the finals there's so many things that would get called immediately for penalties so many things that would get suspensions on both sides of every team you know like it's not just the Bruins but they let so much more go back then, and it was, you know, it was better. I say back then 10 years ago at this point, but, you know, it feels like forever. It really does. Uh, and I don't know if that's because we've been to two finals since then, but, you know, it feels like it's been so long. It, it feels like a really long time. I don't I don't think that that's why. Um, this was the year, was this not? Yeah, this is the year we lost Savard. Yep. <clears throat> um, or is this the year he tried to... Yes, yeah. is that one? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, we still got twenty five games out of him, and you know, he'll forever be a, a cup champion. But oh yeah, and he was a big part of this team prior to that, so that's why, like, totally he, agree. You know, he even had said on Twitter recently, these guys really made me feel like I was a part of that team, even though I couldn't be out there in my pads and out there raising the cup with the guys. Like, they made me still feel like. You know, there was a reason that I was on the team, and that's you know that's just how this team was. They were really passionate about being a team and not just being a single player, and it's something that you don't see a lot of anymore. We traded Blake Wheeler, I think, at the deadline to Atlanta. Yeah, that's why we won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can tell you're not a big Blake Wheeler guy. Oh, man, I'm just I remember. Uh, being at the game where Greg Campbell uh, breaks his leg. Yep. Um, <clears throat> in the Penguin series, double overtime win. Maybe probably probably the best hockey game I've ever been to. Um, names like Daniel Paye, Rich Peverly. Yep. You know, uh, all contributors to the team. Like that's what yeah. I'm saying is that there's nobody on this list that you're like, well, they just kind of. We're there. I remember wanting more out of Chris Kelly, but he still pulled through for us in the end. He ended up being clutch. I mean, he, he's yeah. he's a great, you know, he's great on penalty killing, and he's great on leadership and face-offs and things like that. So it was a huge plus to have him. Absolutely. Um, but this also, we could be having a different conversation right now because three of these series went to seven games. It sure did. So We, we, we got our money's worth as fans. Yeah. And they were they were great, you know. It's 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 funny because three of them went to seven games, and one of the, one of the four was a sweep. So they kind of got a little bit of a um, a break there in the second round after beating Philly because they collapsed the year before and wanted to come back and and really get that win, and it it showed. Um, but Tampa didn't make it easy in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then you know, obviously Montreal. I mean uh, Vancouver didn't make it easy either. I mean they should. On paper, they were the better team, and everybody thought that it was a joke that it was us going up against them because they were like this powerhouse of a team, and it didn't matter. I mean, they they almost did. I think we went down. We we were down. Um, 
like game five, we had to win two straight in order to to take it back. So, uh, it, you know, this was such a team that really they never gave up and they never really put their head down and thought it was over. And game seven really showed that because they kind of blew them out there. Yeah. I miss uh, I miss Dennis Seidenberg. I miss McQuaid. The, the defenders we had, we were so deep on defense in this, like, like really, like, if you look at it on paper, extremely deep. And now I know the way the cup went at the end, it wasn't as easy down the stretch, but just pretty miraculous, the, the names you have here, you know. Well, and that's the thing is everybody was so tough, too. So, like, if you really messed up against somebody – the next, the next line or the next pairing that was coming out was was just gonna um, discipline you as much as the as the one right before it. So there was no escaping for some of these teams that really thought that they could push us around, and that's why I think that you know, and a lot of the players have said it in the past and in interviews and stuff that that hit on Nathan Horton is the reason that Vancouver lost the series because yeah. they said that when that hit happened it was time to just bury them. It was time, like they were doing this as revenge at this point. They had said like, you know, oh, and the other thing was the the Burroughs biting Bergeron. Wow, try to say that. Try to say Bergeron. <laughs> Bergeron? No. Bergeron, bit, Bergeron, Bergeron. bit by Burroughs. <laughs> yeah. So that was a huge thing too because everybody just kind of felt like they poked the bear and it was time for them to to really take over the series, and obviously it, it was a turning point. Yeah. Taking down Nathan Horton like that on a cheap shot was all they needed to, you know, really put the pedal down and, and take over. Yeah, this was uh, this was one of the last times you remember hearing the term uh, the big the big bad Boston Bruins. Um, yeah. And it, and it being something that wasn't a flash in the pan. Uh, it being legitimate and consistent and um i would love even though as the game i do think the game is different here we are 10 years out i would have feared at the time that it would be more different than it is now i'm pretty happy with where the game is now but it would be nice to get as close back as close as close to back to that i think that's the sentence as a uh, well as possible. i mean think about it though right like like i said earlier we've been to two finals since then and the reason that we lost both well I mean, I, I shouldn't say the reason we lost both, but the reason that we lost the last one was because of, of strength. I mean, we had a lot of those same guys on the on the 2013 team that were on the 2011 team, um, but just the fact that we got bullied out of a cup and we've been bullied out of a few playoff series in the past handful of years should make you believe that it it's still out there and that we need to make... I, you're never going to build a team like you had if you think about it, but... You need to start getting stronger and getting tougher too, because teams are still playing that way, and it's not over. Like they think that that it's all finesse now because you have teams like Toronto and teams like Edmonton, but look at them—they can't yeah. even make it out of the first round or the second round or whatever. Like it, it's just—it's still we still need to be tough, and that 2011 team really showed that because they weren't taking anything from anybody, and they, you know, if they got hit, then they hit back harder so i i mean i think we lack that like completely in a couple of Overall, these re- yeah. teams in a few years in, in recent years but it's it's getting better it's improving it's still not where it needs to be but yeah we need that especially with some of the stuff we saw down the stretch and the way mcavoy was getting rocked uh, yeah need someone to step up 
Need to put Frederick in the game. I don't know. See, I, I'm trying. I'm trying. Sorry. Stop. <laughs> trying. So l let me ask you this then about this whole this whole playoff run. Yeah. I asked this on our Instagram the other day. Um, did you have a favorite moment from this cup run? Aside from them winning, of course. Like, is there any memorable moment that sticks out to you that was, you know, your favorite? Yeah, I mean, just four straight on the Capitals is amazing. Oh, you're talking about 2011. <laughs> 2011, yeah. <laughs> um, four straight on Philly. I mean, is 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 this not like one of the one of the bigger years that we that we took down took down the Leafs, right? Nope, we beat. It was we had Montreal. Montreal yeah, that was and crazy. Then we had, and then we had Philly, which yep. we swept. Right. We had Tampa, and then Vancouver. That's right. Oh, the when was the Pittsburgh year? I'm so thrown off, man. Everything's a blur past four years. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, not, nothing. Nothing at that time felt better than beating Montreal in a playoff series. It's been a long time yeah. since that's happened. Just as, uh, just by chance, it's just. Due to a lack of matchups, really, um, but I I'm, I like long for beating that team. You know, you get a whole year Especially off from like, even getting a shot at a regular season W on them, and yeah, I would I miss that, dude. I, those were the those were the series. You know, those were the ones. I mean, and especially that one beating seven, them in. You know, yeah, exactly. That was yeah. That at was home. one of the marquee ones. So I think some of my favorite moments of this of this playoff run ended up being in in the series against Vancouver, where you had Marshan just for whatever reason just constantly punching Sadine in the face, <laughs> being asked why he was doing that. He said, "I don't know." Like basically, it was like I don't know. He was just kind of there, you know. It, it was just to get under his skin, and it worked. So yeah, um, there was no retaliation from Sadine, but. You know, they, they, everybody was talking about it. That's a pretty safe bet that he won't do that. Yeah. Same, in same type of thing with like, I, I know I'm going back to Sedin again, but, but Tim Thomas basically checking him out of his crease. It's like, you, you get out of my crease and don't, like, this is my area. So, you know, just the physicality of this series really did it for me because they were trying to prove a point. Because Vancouver like poked at us and they were biting and they were, cheap shotting and and it wasn't going to happen against this team and and it obviously it didn't so i just i don't know it's it's kind of tough to look at did you watch any of the uh it just it's weird how long 10 years is did you yeah. watch it's like all those like what 75 percent of the zoom call was probably retired i watched that yeah i mean uh maybe not 75 but maybe 50 just like crazy because at that time you still had um you still had Boychuk playing in the league uh you still had I don't know if McQuaid is still in the league at that point but uh there was still a handful of guys that were still playing obviously Marshan Bergeron Krejci Chara um you know there was a bunch no I just Lucci mean who was on the zoom there. didn't they do one yesterday they didn't do not no they didn't do one yesterday oh, okay um but they did one like a, I think it was at this point it was last year, some sometime last year. Or so, so uh, I must have just was, seen it. Was that, cool. I, I remember that. I, I must have just seen a clip of them reposting that. Probably. Um. But yeah, now, now it's like seventy five percent of those guys aren't in. It could. It could be. I mean, it very well could be because who knows what the future holds for Chara, um, and Krejci. We. I mean, 
that's something we're going to have to talk about at some point. But, you know, who knows what's going to happen with Krejci. And, you know, they're slowly starting to, you know, retire. Speaking of that. It's kind of it's honestly kind of impressive how many guys are still in black and gold from that team, I feel like. True. I feel like if you yeah. look at a lot of other teams, they don't have much turnover like that at all. Yeah, I mean, unless you're talking like Pittsburgh. You know, uh, Malkin and Crosby and Latang, those guys kind of stayed close on that team. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, there's usually a lot of turnover after after you make runs like that. Typically, you go into somewhat of a rebuild, not rebuild, but, you know, you start to slow down on the potential cup winnings. I think I got some stuff that we're going to have to address here, Andrew, just about okay. what this team did and uh, what, what was our reality from there on out. Um, okay. Pretty shortly after this off, into this off season, there's a guy by the name of Peter Shirelli, um, one of the most hated guys by this podcast. <laughs> gets rid of not one but two pretty crucial elements of this team for a guy named Louis Erickson and someone else I don't even really remember. Uh, and Riley Smith. Yeah, yeah, there he is. So. I think the question needs to be begged. How many titles does this team win if they don't break it up? If they don't break up Sagan and Marshawn? That's a great question. Because we don't necessarily know what would have happened. No, it's impossible to really gauge. But hypothetically, two, two seasons later, we're back in the cup finals. Patrice Bergeron falls apart, otherwise we might win it. We might not need Patrice if you still got a guy by the name of Tyler Sagan on that team. Well, no, because uh, they did have Sagan in 2013. Oh, they traded him after that? Yeah, because you remember in 2013, obviously, we, we have that crazy comeback in Game 7 against Toronto, which to me, at that moment in time, felt like we won the Cup. Like, when they came back and they won that game, that felt like that was it. You know, it, I know it was round one, but... To come back from that and to to take over in that game and actually win it in overtime, like that felt like something that it felt like you should have gotten a trophy after that because right. it was so hard fought. Right. But I but if you remember the picture, the, I clearly the, don't. The, I haven't done well with well, remembering anything. <laughs> Apologies to the, everyone. The listening picture to this. <laughs> and the worst like part is, is that now. I read. Um, could you? <laughs> I, dude, it's you have that you have that picture of Bergeron, Marshan, and and Sagan, kind of skating towards center ice, skating towards the camera, and and that's how that's probably how I remember that he's he was on the team until that point. But yeah, he was then traded on like the fourth of July the next year, or gotta, in the off season. I mean, got to break up those those rascals having too much fun out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, but I did want to mention something else real quick, but just about. You know, we had so many players on this team that we could talk about all of them, and and it could probably go on for hours. But there was there was one specific player that I thought really brought a lot to the team, and really I think that the the team itself really rallied around him because they wanted to get him a cup, another cup, I should say, and that was Mark Recchi. Of course, my favorite. I mean, he was he was such a big part of this team, and he was such a big part of the leadership, and and. You know, that was it for him, so he's been out of the league for 10 years now. They used to do all these, like, crazy promo video things just, like, with the two teams and whatever. And there was, like, this one for him, and it was just, like, what would you be doing if you weren't playing in the NHL? And he goes, I'd be a firefighter. And I just loved that. 
I just yeah, he's so the man. Much. He's the man. Shout out Mark Recky, friend of the pod. <laughs> yeah, always listening. Appreciate you. Yeah. Um, anytime you want to call in, let us know. Yeah, just come back on. Yeah, for the first time. But yeah, no, I think that they really wanted to win it for him too because yeah. he was such like he. Everybody knew that this was it for him. This was his last hurrah and getting another cup. I mean, he had won I think a couple with. Uh, with Pitts, he won one with Pittsburgh. I think, I believe Carolina. I could be wrong, but he's definitely won a couple of cups before coming to Boston. Um, and it was just really cool to see that and see how he was able to kind of go out on top because that's everyone's that's everyone's goal, right? I mean, if if you're if you know you're going to retire, what better way to do it than ending it on top? So um, that that was awesome. Yeah. Um, I just. He, I think he did a lot more behind the scenes than we'll we'll ever fully understand, and you hear that from players anyway. But you know, it's it's interesting to think like he, you know, he may not have been the biggest production with us, but you know, even going down in those holes and like going to seven and stuff, you get a met like I don't know, makes you wonder if we didn't have Recky. I think he was bigger than it seemed. I mean, he he still he did play very well. So I mean, he he it's not like he wasn't putting up points and all that. So. He was a huge part, and I think that um, I don't think they get there without him. To be honest with you, yeah, I agree. I I, I, also I, think I, I fully he, think that really him as a as a player and a and being on the team, I think probably helped in the development for a lot of those younger guys too. Because at that point, Marshan and Sagan are both very young. Lucic Lucic has only been in the league a couple of years. I mean. I think that, uh, you know, you had a handful of young guys that really could learn from a guy like him. And and you know that Chara's a sponge, too. I mean, just because he was a little bit older. I mean, 10 years ago, he was still at the prime of his career. But those that's a guy that he, I'm sure, looked up to at the beginning of his career because of how much he's accomplished. And being able to play with him and learn from him, although it's a different position, I think was was probably huge. So, yeah. Having him on this team was definitely a, a major plus. Yeah, and I yeah, and I think it, like as as we're agreeing, probably a difference maker in the end. Absolutely. It's crazy, what about the, that? It's been ten years. Yeah. Now I'm starting to get it because when you're like when you're 19, you're not like wow. When I was nine was ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> starting to get it now. I just do you do you remember the parade? I did. Did you go to the parade? I did, yeah. That was yeah. a lot of fun. So, I believe at that point, although there were there were obviously a handful of championships prior to that from other teams, I believe I read that that was the biggest parade at that time, like up to that point. Um the the most attended parade. Like there were there were over a million people there. It was just absolutely insane because you got to also think about the time too. When the Red Sox win, when the Patriots win, the parades in winter, basically. I mean, I, I suppose, yeah, no, it's basically in the in the winter time. So when you get a parade in the middle of the summer, everybody's going to that. Yeah, I think it also kind of speaks to, um, you know, the diehardness of of hockey fans versus other sports, and how you, how you tend to see a lot more. You don't really see fair weather hockey fans. Um, I have a question for you because I read this on I read this on Twitter I think yesterday, and it kind of made me think a little bit. And I don't 
know if I agree with it, but I'm not saying I disagree. The thing that I read was the Boston Bruins are hands down the biggest team. They, they are the number one team in Boston right now. Do you do you agree or disagree? In terms of fandom? In terms of, yeah, like diehard fans and amount of you know, fans that want to be at the games and all that. Do you think that that's true or do you see it as... I mean, for me, it has to be a toss-up between them and, and the Red Sox right now, right? Because the Patriots, people are kind of down on them because Brady's gone and Cam Newton had a bad year and they didn't even make the playoffs for the first time and who knows how long. You know, do, do you think that that's true or no? You mean right now in 2021? Yes. Like where we are right now? Yeah, I think they're closest to a title. Uh, I mean, they were the odds-on favorite, and they they lost it this season. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, as I was mentioning, I I, I don't think you have a lot of fair weathers with hockey. You may yeah. have you may have casuals. You may have people, you know, which is an umbrella that I can kind of fall under, who find themselves just really watching the Bruins and not even really catching much of the other, the rest of the league. Right. It was pretty easy this right. year because you only had to worry about seven other teams, and it was, you know, even in being in the West Coast, I didn't even think of any of the teams out here really. Yeah. Um I think in all that regard 100%. I mean the Red Sox are overperforming and that's fun and they get a lot of fans but it's really in terms of diehard fandom and the majority of that I I I think it's got to be the Bruins. I just think I I don't I don't think the numbers will show it cuz again I just think fair weather and casuals and people who don't even like sports but just want will just go to the sporting event like companies buying tickets you know yeah. those are to those are to football or to baseball you know the, the the hockey tickets aren't there you know because they're taken up and ready to you know they're they're filled I mean like I think one way to answer this question is just to look at the waiting list for season tickets I guarantee you the Bruins is the longest one yeah I'd be curious to see what the Patriots are now because before it was like no seven people have to die before we even think about talking to you yeah in order for you to get tickets because of Brady you know and because of the championships and all that but now I'd be curious to see how long the waiting list is because I'm sure a bunch of people dropped off and blah 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 so but I, I think it would be hard to rank the teams right now. And, and unfortunately, although the Celtics are very good, I, I think that in Boston right now, where it stands, they're probably last. The Celtics? In, in, in terms of, like, popularity. Yeah, maybe. Because, again, the Red Sox are, are overperforming right now, but, I mean, they are. They still are. So until they don't, I think that people will be on the bandwagon. That's the other thing, too, is that no matter what, any time that a Boston sports team's team makes the playoffs, it's going to be sold out. Yeah. It doesn't matter what sport it is. You no. know, it just – fans are fans in Boston. No. And, and these regular yeah, seasons maybe. usually. I mean, even when we have losing seasons with these teams, which, you know, fortunately, right. and knock on wood, we haven't seen in quite some time, although the Celtics f- sure flirted with it this year, uh, you know – those there's still sellout records, you know. It's just, and obviously with Fenway, that's a little easier. But yeah. you know, some stadiums in in baseball have much more seats than Fenway Park and don't even hit Fenway Park numbers. So, you know, I, I the Celtics probably are in last because the Patriots just performed in their off season. The Red Sox are overperforming, and the Bruins are expected to keep where they're at. 
Right. The Celtics are the biggest question mark right now. It's a very exciting question mark, but it's a question mark. Yeah, I, I, we kind of went off the off the. That was a fun question a little bit here, but but I do. I actually I want to ask you this before we go, and I'll I'll bring it back after this. But did, have you seen the prices for the game, the Tampa Bay game coming to Gillette to for the Patriots? No, but I is it Super Bowl? It's like fifteen hundred dollars, or That's it was like fifteen hundred dollars. That's Super Bowl, yeah. yeah. So, I know that you're you're a Patriots fan. You love Tom Brady, blah blah blah. Yeah. Would you ever? Could you ever see yourself spending that kind of money? Say you lived here, and that was like, you know, maybe that's your big sporting event for the year, obviously, because it's big dough. But do you? Could you see yourself ever paying that kind of money for a game? That isn't that isn't a Super Bowl. That isn't the finals. That isn't the Stanley Cup. You know what I mean? At present, with my current standpoint of where I am at financially, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and even if I even if I had that money and I lived here, I can see the Patriots play the Chargers this year and I can see Tom Brady play the Rams. I don't know that I need to be at Bill versus Brady. And if I was going to spend $1,500 to see B- Bill versus Brady, I'd hope it's the Super Bowl. For me, it's not It's not to see Bill versus Brady. It's to see Brady come back. Yeah. But for, do you for think me personally, that, yeah. like I, I think, again, I'm going off the rails a little bit here, but I think that the, the Patriots get absolutely stomped and lose by three touchdowns in this game. But that's just me. And I don't, I don't understand. The Patriots had the best offseason, I think, in the NFL. Why are the, I Dude, mean, the, this is a whole topic that we could get off on and, and I could explain to you why I believe this. We don't even watch these sports, according to this podcast. We, yeah, we don't even watch these sports. So, anyways, back to the Stanley Cup parade. Give Cam another shot. Um, yeah, I actually have a funny story about the parade, and I don't know if I don't know if you even know if I told you this story or not. No, let's hear it. So I was down. I don't even remember where exactly I was at for the parade because I think I walked it for a bit to follow some like some of wherever the cup was. Um, but walking back after the parade had kind of finished off, and it was sort of like I got to the point where I was like, all right, I saw a bunch of it. I walked a bunch of it. I followed it and and whatever, and I started walking back the other way, opposite way of it. So everybody's kind of dispersing and going back to their cars or wherever they're going. And there's like a mob of people surrounding like a, a guy in his and a little girl. So I'm assuming his daughter, whatever. And I'm like, who could it possibly be? And it's Adam Sandler. Oh, wow. Just just walking down the street. Want, I mean, obviously being there because he, he's a Bruins fan. He wanted to be at the parade. And it was a long time coming. The only, I mean, Boston fan he li- the only Boston team he likes. Right. <laughs> so Happy Gilmore himself walking down the, the sidewalk. Just being Adam Sandler, like not wanting to be seen, not wanting to be like paparazzi all around him, all that kind of stuff, and like just w- there with his with his kid and kind of enjoying the experience. And it was cool because it wasn't I I was not looking to be like oh my god it's it's Adam Sandler like let me get a picture and blah 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 like it was just cool to see that he's he was being a normal guy because that's kind of how he is he's just a normal guy yeah like if he wasn't famous he he doesn't want to be in the spotlight you everybody's always seen it that way i mean look at that ihop thing that happened recently yeah yeah honestly 
Wait, actually. But I just thought it was cool because, like, he, he was just there and he wasn't making a big deal about it. Like, maybe some other um, famous people or actors or actresses or musicians would have done. And, you know, it was just a cool experience as part of the parade that I, you know, I remember. That's, you definitely never told me that. Yeah. I, 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 I couldn't remember if I had said it on here, if I had said it to you, but yeah, it was definitely part of it. That's sick. I wish he liked the rest of the Boston sports teams. <laughs> but he likes, he likes all the college teams from everywhere in new England. So it's fine. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. New Hampshire's finest. <clears throat> One time I, I mean, saw him all... in the in the lobby of Netflix out here, and uh, did and he he says hello to everybody, and I was with my boss, and she goes, I can't tell if I love that or hate that, <laughs> and I think it's pretty cool. He's acknowledged everyone in there knows who he is. Yeah, like what is He's there? Just not saying to hi, like everybody. Hey, everybody. Not being a douche, just being like trying to not make it awkward. I think that's. I, I was just I gonna say. It. I feel yeah. like, yeah, exactly. He he's like cutting it off before it turns awkward. Yeah. Shout out to Adam Sandler. Shout out to Adam Sandler. Thanks for listening to the podcast all the time. Number one listener. Um, anytime you want to come on, let us know. We are open to it, and we'll try to pencil you in. Can't wait for Uncut Gems too. Yeah, I wonder what's gonna happen with him in that. <laughs> It's directed by Zack Snyder, and it's a zombie movie. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, well, man. well before, before this gets negative, I mean, I think that we just ended on the fact that the Bruins won the Cup 10 years ago, and they're going to win the Cup again very soon. I'm trying to be optimistic here. I don't know that for a fact, but... Um, I mean, this was just a team that really, like... Like I said, I, I'll never forget the, the team in 2011 because I think that they're one of the most special teams that we'll ever see as Bruins fans in our lifetime. Obviously, there have been teams before with Bobby Orr and with Ray Bork and stuff like that, but fortunately, unfortunately, Ray Bork had never won here. So it was just such a very special team that I think a lot of fans will always remember and always kind of think fondly of because of how much they gave to the city and how much they wanted to win it for, for us, for them, for each other, all of that stuff. So, you know, shout out to the 2011 Boston Bruins, shout out Claude Julian. Um, yeah, man. Shout out Claude. Shout out Claude. Where is he? Is he still in Montreal? Is he jobless? No, he's jobless, man. And the, and Montreal is doing the damn thing right now. They sure are. If Claude gets another shot, it should be with Ottawa. What do they got to lose? They suck. Yeah, they're terrible. Terrible. That's where he's from. Let him go he's home. He's from Ottawa? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Used to be a big well, thing whenever he'd... I mean, he speaks French. There. Let him go. Yeah, let him go. <laughs> well, damn. I don't know. He had he had those like heart issues in the, in the middle of the season um, where he had to go to the hospital and miss some games and stuff like that, so... Who knows? Maybe he's just gonna ride off into the sunset with his cup from 2011, and 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 you know enjoy it. I mean, he's a great coach. He's done a lot. He's accomplished a lot. So, you know, shout out Claude Julian. Yeah, he he should enjoy it. I certainly did. You certainly did. Absolutely. And I hope that we're having this conversation again when we're talking about the next team that wins the cup and. And what it meant to the city and, and how much they gave and all that. Because this team, 
you know, 2019, 2013, but 2019, they, they wanted to win it so bad. It just didn't happen at the end. They just didn't come out in Game 7, but we won't talk about that because it's positive podcast, and that's it, and we're going to end it on that. Let's go. Um, <laughs> Shout-out 2011. Thank you for everything. Um, yeah. I'll never forget it. I'm ready for more, though. Me either. Am I greedy? Am I from Boston? Whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> As they say, get the duck boats ready for the next one. I'm at. Keep them, keep them warm. Keep them running. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Oh, and uh, real quick, any any LA listeners stretched this Saturday, or which will which will be tomorrow for you, stretched in North Hollywood. Check out at Stretched LA. I think I don't know. Look up Dude, Stretched I'm so, Band. I'm so bummed that I can't be in the area to see them. Well, you will soon enough, my friend. If yeah, so, as soon as I'm out there, if they're playing, I will 100 percent be there. Let's go. Was it all?